The global supply chain is strained. One essential transportation network continues to keep the economy connected 24-7. That network is freight rail. We're increasing hiring and capacity, all while investing more than $20 billion per year into our network to improve reliability every day. We never stop working to better serve our customers because freight rail works. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I certainly ate my fair share of turkey and pie. My name is Mung, and uh, Los is actually running a little bit late tonight due to yet another work obligation, so our super producer Dan is actually going to fill in for a little bit till he's ready. How's it going, Dan? It's pretty good, pretty good. I haven't been on this in a while. Yeah, we've uh, we've missed your melodious voice. How how have you been? Gl- Any updates? I'm glad you think it's melodious. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's my update. My voice is now melodious. Well, it always has been. We just haven't heard much of it. Oh, I see. But uh, yeah, how's uh, how how are your leagues doing? Oh, I'm doing terribly. I, I'm actually really good in one league. I'm gonna. I'm like ten and one. Wow. And then everything else under five hundred or five hundred. Well, I, I guess that's why uh, Los talks more than you, huh? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm just busting your balls. All right. Um, let's get into the Gillette Close Shave of the Week, and then we'll go right into our Week 13 previews, the last week of the regular season for many leagues. So last week, filling in for an injured Carson Palmer for his second start in a row, Blaine Gabbert had his work cut out for him, facing an elite Jaguars defense. But Gabbert was fearless, throwing for 241 yards, the second most passing yards that Jacksonville has given up this season, and the most since week five at Pittsburgh. But unlike Ben Roethlisberger, who threw zero touchdowns and five interceptions against the Jaguars in week five, Gabbert threw for two touchdowns, one interception, and he set up the game-winning field goal by Phil Phil Dawson with a perfect 12-yard throw to the sideline to running back DJ Foster with only 12 seconds left in the game. Get your close shave like Blaine Gabbert with Gillette, the best a man can get. Same great blades, now for less. Pricing applies to select products and is at the sole discretion of the retailer. So we're going to go right into this, aren't we? Yeah, that's uh, that's the plan. I'm not used to this. All right, so the first matchup we have is Thursday Night Football, Washington at Dallas. Uh, Cousins continues to produce as a quarterback one. There should be no exception here. Uh, Breen had 130 scrimmage yards in his first day as the unchallenged starter. I'm, I like him as a low-end running back one for uh, next week. Uh, Crowder went off, uh, 7, 10, 141, and a touchdown. Uh, and returns to a PPR wide receiver two, um, Vernon Davis. I, I mean, what, what do we even want to do about him? Uh, I would, I would think he's droppable. Uh, I, I think Jordan Reed is expected to be back from that hamstring injury, possibly this week after another ten days of rest. And even uh, when he has been in, they've been using him to block a little bit and. Uh, Really, uh, I think fantasy-wise, outside of super deep leagues, you really don't need him. Yeah, I'd agree on that. I think I used him once this year, and it was uh, uneventful, to say the least. 
<laughs> I mean, he's he's had some nice weeks. It just seems that lately uh, they've really gone back to Jameson Crowder and they've been using the running backs and, and Josh Doxson's role has really grown. So I, I think Vernon Davis has sort of been phased out of this offense a little bit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But, uh, you know, we just saw Phillip Rivers light up Dallas' secondary and I, I do think Kirk Cousins should find similar success here and Without the offense sustaining longer drives, the Cowboys' defense has been on the field longer and really being exploited. Um, you know, we just mentioned Crowder at his usage going up, and I think uh, he should be a wide receiver too again this week. Um, the targets have been back since Terrell Pryor's demotion and subsequent injury. And again, even though Josh Daxon didn't work out last week against pretty tough coverage from Janoris Jenkins, I like Daxon again as a low-end wide receiver too this week. Um, especially he's getting more and more looks in the red zone and on downfield passes. And then, you know, we talked about Vernon Davis, but if Jordan Reed were to come back, he's still a low end tight end one. Um, you know, he's always got that upside, uh, being one of the top targets that cousins looks for game to game. And then I like P Ryan a lot too. Uh, I wouldn't have him quite uh, as high as an RB one, but, uh, you know, I do have him as a mid to high RB two. Uh, he's a volume guy and he gets the goal line touches. So, uh, certainly lots of production to expect there. All right. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to the next side of this, uh, Dallas. Uh, Tyron Smith was back for Thanksgiving, but Dallas could not get any offense going. That was a little bit sad of a game, uh, I, I'll definitely say. Uh, and a late uh, touchdown from Rod Smith for a total of six points. Uh, Dez, ugh, I don't know how I feel about Dez against Josh Norman. Um, he's been pretty disappointing for most of the season, I would say. And uh, yeah, I guess a wide receiver too. Uh, low end, very low end. Um, Witten, we'll see, we'll see how he does. Uh, I, I don't have him really on my radar either. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, with Tyron Smith back, uh, you know, Witten was used as a blocker quite a bit, but with Smith back, that kind of freed him up to work the middle of the field again. And with Des really not uh, getting any separation, uh, you know, he was a PPR target magnet. Um, I, I do think Witten should be fine as a low end tight end one again this week. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with you on Des. I don't know if I feel the same way uh, with Witten. Yeah, well, I mean, Dallas's issues are kind of interesting because even though, you know, the running game has been fairly effective, uh, defenses just aren't as scared of those big plays where Zeke can hurt you for like 90 yards. And that really just limits the entire offense because, you know, as we mentioned, Des just doesn't have that speed anymore. And, you know, that was never necessarily his game. But even on those 50-50 balls, he's, you know, not finding quite as much success. And, Really, these defenses can just kind of play back on both him and Terrence Williams. Um, you know, Witten and Beasley certainly aren't burning anyone down the field. So this offense just doesn't have any vertical threats to really keep the defense honest. And they they need Zeke back, and they need him badly. And, you know, I, again, you know, I know Los is sick of me talking about Bryce Butler, but I, I feel like he should be used more if only to just run those verts and, you know, keep those safeties back a little bit. But... You know, all that said, Dak is probably just a QB2 right now in fantasy against a Redskins defense that's healthy now and playing pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, clearly not offensive rookie of the year. Uh, Zeke is not that important to this team. 
Yeah, well, I mean, see, the thing is, Alfred Morris and Rod Smith, they've been effective. But again, you know, in fantasy-wise, they're splitting time, so they're both just flex plays. Rod Smith gotten, you know, got that goal line touch and the touchdown, and he's being used in the pass game. But Morris is also seeing a lot of carries, so really, uh, you know, both just flex plays right now. If you had to pick one going into the fantasy playoffs of those two running backs, who do you want on your team? Oh, uh, you know, honestly. It depends on the matchup. It, it's kind of like that Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon situation, um, but a little bit more muddled. So Alfred Morris is more of the Murray, but then Rod Smith is getting those goal line touches, but Smith is getting more of those catches. So I, I think his floor is generally going to be a little bit higher in PPR. So I'd probably lean Rod Smith a little bit just because I don't know that Dallas is going to be favored in many games with the defense playing poorly and with Zeke out. I agree with you. I would also take Rod Smith. All right, so who you got in this? Uh, I'm going to take Washington. You know, they're they're hot right now, and and Dallas is really struggling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it going with Washington. Do I get to pick for Los? Is he stuck with my decision? Uh, he is. All right. Well, I'm gonna pick Washington too because <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I certainly agree with that call. All right. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, San Francisco at Chicago. Ooh. <laughs> C.J. Beathard was injured in the final minute of the game, and we saw Mung's favorite young quarterback over here, expatriate Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he stepped in and led it to a quick uh, touchdown drive. Uh, really, I have no idea what to even take of this team right now. Do, do you ride Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he even going to start? Yeah, uh, well, the question of if he's going to start is probably yes. Uh, C.J. Beathard left that game with that, I think it was a knee injury, and, uh, you know, they're still monitoring, or they're still performing evaluations on it, but I think the early reports are that he's likely out this week. Um, and, I, I, you know, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is my favorite young quarterback right now. I am a big Patrick Mahomes fan as well, uh, if you if you remember, but... Um, certainly excited to see him in his first start as a 49er, uh, you know, back home in Chicago, close to where he grew up and went to school. Um, I'm actually going to be attending this game on Sunday, so I'm pretty excited to to see Garoppolo against Trubisky uh, in person. But fantasy wise, I, I would think Jimmy is just a, a DSA, uh, excuse me, DFS or daily play with some upside. But for season-long leagues, just a risky quarterback, too. I don't know that you want to rely on him in one-quarterback leagues. Um, but certainly I like Carlos Hyde as a volume PPR uh, RB2. Um, but I also think Marquise Goodwin is worth mentioning as a flex play here. Uh, Goodwin has the speed, and we've seen the Bears secondary give up some big plays on miscommunications and blown coverages and the like. Yeah, I'd agree on you with Hyde. Uh, he's probably the only 49er I would consider playing had I had him on any of my teams this week. Um, I guess Marquise Goodwin is a, is a flex play as well, uh, but I, th I think they're, I think you can play someone better there. Yeah, I mean, certainly depends on how deep your league is, um, but I, I do think there's upside. Right. Um, going on to the Chicago side, uh, they got absolutely destroyed by Philadelphia in quite possibly one of the worst uh, Bears performances I had ever witnessed. And I, I watched probably three quarters of that game before it started becoming a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not... I'm not playing any players on uh, on Chicago. 
I don't even know if if I'd play Howard. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I actually like Howard quite a bit. Uh, in fact, I have him ranked as an RB1 this week. Uh, San Francisco, their defense has given up a ton of plays, both to the run and the pass here. Um, I, I mean, even though the Bears have been awful, there's definitely still fantasy value here, I think. Uh, you know, Tariq Cohen, he's very boom or bust, more so bust against the Eagles, but he's still a viable flex option here. Um, I think he'll get some usage in a what should be a much closer game than the blowout in Philadelphia last week. Uh, and then Dontrell Inman, too. Uh, he's a wide receiver for more a desperation play. But again, San Francisco giving up a ton of fantasy points to both running backs and wide receivers. Uh, I would expect a pretty close game here, a, a decent run-heavy game script for both Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. They should both get some carries here. Um, and then I think Trubisky is an interesting daily play with the Niners struggling on defense in general. This could be his breakout game. Yeah, um, I could see that. I can see that happening against the uh, San Francisco. This team in general is just not very good. Um, but did you see what Kyle Long said today about that uh, that Eagles defense? I actually didn't, but I'd be interested because his brother said, plays for them. He said that he had never played uh, a more fear. I, I can't remember the exact wording, uh, but basically he said it was the toughest defense he's ever played. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, their defensive line's playing very well right now, and they're a legit Super Bowl contender. So I, you know, I'm not that shocked by his words. Right. I mean, they kept how many how many yards did the Bears running backs have against them? Oh, geez. I don't know. <laughs> I know why I'm asking you yeah, this. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's, it was like, it may have been negative five. You know, that, that would not shock me. Um, I'm, I'm going to be know completely. I Cohen himself had, had minus 10 or 11. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, you know, that would not shock me because uh, I, I did start switching to red zone quite a bit uh, yeah. during that game. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was ugly. Um, but, I, you know, as bad as that was, I will take the Bears at home against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I'll take the Bears, too. All right. Or I guess Los takes the Bears, too. My <laughs> my votes don't reflect my own knowledge. They right. don't reflect Los's. <laughs> All right, next game we have is Minnesota at Atlanta. Uh, Case Keenum, what a game on Thanksgiving. 282 yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing – or two passing touchdowns plus a rushing touchdown – uh what is with him he he's a backup right i mean he and blaine gabbard aren't playing like it and you know honestly i see no reason to go away from keenum i i think he's been you know running this offense well uh, although i would temper expectations a little bit with the falcons defense stepping up in the past few games but i still uh, i still like keenum a lot as a low on qb1 I'll agree with that. Uh, Latavius Murray uh, continued his uh, decent little streaky ass here with uh, 20 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown to McKinnon's uh, 13 carries, 23 yards. Um, who do you who do you like out of those two guys in the next game? Yeah, you know, we just talked about uh, who was it? Uh, we we're talking about the Dallas running backs. Yeah, Rod Smith and Alfred Morrison. I I equated them a little bit to the Vikings running back situation here, and and I think Murray's going to be a solid mid level RB two. Um, again, he's being used a lot in the red zone, and McKinnon isn't. And even though he's you know he's been the better running back in PPR a few weeks ago. 
right now I would say McKinnon's just a flex play. His involvement in the passing game has waned a little bit now that Thielen, Diggs, and Kyle Rudolph are all healthy. Uh, you know, the checkdown passes just aren't there as much with the passing game going strong. And really, you know, the the success of Thielen and Diggs on the outside is not, uh, you know, needing or excuse me is not uh, allowing them to throw it as much to McKinnon uh you know really this entire passing game being good has hurt him because he was that kind of outlet guy and actually that kind of segues into my next question with Thielen and Diggs which they're, is they're both wide receiver one talent I just feel like only one of them can have wide receiver one game I, I can't see them both having it um, I, I don't think that's necessarily true, but the way Minnesota's defense has been playing, they don't really need to air it out. And definitely, you know, Case Keenum has eyes for Adam Thielen over Stefan Diggs. So for me, I, I would have Thielen ranked higher weekly unless there's a quarterback change here. Um, really Thielen, you know, he faces those easier cornerback matchups or safety matchups playing out of the slot quite a bit. I would have him as a solid wide receiver one. He really, he's been gold in PPR and Stefan Diggs, he's always got that upside. So he's still a high end wide receiver three for me, but certainly not as reliable. And, you know, speaking of this offense really clicking on all cylinders lately, I, I like Kyle Rudolph a lot. Uh, really, I have him as a tight end one again this week with Atlanta giving up a lot of yards to tight ends. Yeah, I agree with that. Rudolph kind of is really putting it together the second half of the season here. Yeah, Rudolph's always been a little bit inconsistent, but, I, you know, this new offensive scheme has done well for him ever since last year. All right, so let's move on to the other side, Atlanta. Uh, it's going to be a difficult week for this offense. Uh, Minnesota is no joke of a defense. Uh, Matt Ryan, probably a quarterback too. Um, uh, you know, you know, Dan, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because we just got some breaking news here. A two-game suspension for both Michael Crabtree and Aqib Talib. Wow, two? Yeah. Over a chain? Wow. Isn't that what it was over? Like a yeah. gold chain or something? So, yeah, I mean, for those of you who didn't watch it, uh, Aqib Talib ripped off the chain that Michael Crabtree always wears, even on game days, apparently. Um, and then Talib took a couple swings at him, and they both got ejected early on in that game. But uh, apparently now two games for each of them. Uh, we'll see if they appeal and if that gets reduced down to one. I saw something about um, Crabtree saying that he taped that chain down as well, and Talib still got a hold of it. Yeah, well, Talib ripped it off last year, and that's kind of where this whole bad blood started. So, wow, that's uh, the NFL is really coming down hard on these guys. Usually they don't suspend players after they've been ejected from games already so this is this is pretty shocking yeah we saw that with marshawn lynch earlier this season too he got ejected but not suspended well Granted, he, his he, was a lot less severe i mean really wow this is i mean this is shocking but certainly crabtree hasn't been great recently anyway but uh well you know we'll talk about this more when we get to uh the raiders game but let, let's continue on with atlanta sorry for the interruption there all right, what was I saying? Ryan, quarterback two? Sounds about right. Uh, yeah, he's a quarterback two uh, against a great defense. Um, Julio Jones, don't expect him to repeat what he did last week, especially that catch from Sanu. Who <laughs> wow, has, I yeah. saw a stat today that he, he, he has a career-perfect uh, passer rating. Hey, um, so does Pat O'Donnell, all right? <laughs> yeah, but okay. But he, he has like six, I think six completions. He's six for six. I think he has two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. You can look this up. 
Yeah, no, um, I, I believe you. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been money every, every time he uh, touches the ball, so... Um, but yeah, anyways, don't, don't expect Julio to, to rip another one of those off next week. Um, I'd probably say he's a low end wide receiver one versus Minnesota. I mean, do you still have all of his talent there? You still have Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. He's always has a touchdown upside at least. Yeah. I mean, certainly you're not expecting that kind of game from Julio every week. Certainly as a Julio owner, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but Xavier Rhodes probably going to cover him this week, uh, much better than any of the Tampa Bay cornerbacks. Um, but again, Marvin Jones was able to do some damage there and certainly you're not going to bench Julio, especially after a week like that. Um, but yeah, and to your point, I don't love Matt Ryan either. He's just a high end QB two for me as well this week. Uh, that Vikings defense has been pretty dominant over uh, over the last few weeks against the passing game, um, and I would expect Ryan to struggle. And really, you know, he's he hasn't had uh, any great games in the last you know five six weeks. I mean, even though the offense has been better, it hasn't equated to better fantasy numbers for Matt Ryan here. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. Um, so what about Tevin Coleman? Uh, Freeman is. I mean, he's definitely not a lock to play. Uh, he, I don't believe he's been cleared yet. Um, so we're looking at the chance, uh, a pretty decent chance that Coleman eats up all the carries again this week. Yeah, he's questionable. Um, it has been a couple weeks now, so there's certainly the possibility that Freeman plays. And I think if he is back, that would kind of downgrade both guys to running back twos. Um, really, you know, Minnesota has played well against the run also. So with them kind of splitting that work and in Freeman's first game back, not sure what kind of workload he's going to have. Um, but you know, if he were to be out again, despite a tough matchup, I think Coleman would have to still be a low end running back one, just because he's going to be kind of that workhorse type of back. Um, again, something to monitor, uh, certainly if Devonte Freeman practices, then, you know, the odds of him suiting up for this week are going to be much better. Yeah. Do we care about Austin Hoover this week? Tight end. There's no um, bye weeks. You know, I, I, I'd probably avoid Hooper this week. Um, I, I don't love him. I, I think Sanu's still fine as a flex play, but I, I will mention in terms of Austin Hooper, if you've been streaming tight ends, uh, it's worth noting that Atlanta does play New Orleans twice in the fantasy playoffs in week 14 and again in week 16. So potentially worth holding on to Hooper, depending on your options. We have seen him become a little bit um, of a more consistent part of the Atlanta offense the last few weeks. Okay, so who do you have? You know, I am not going to bet against this Minnesota team that's been so hot. Uh, give me Minnesota on the road. Uh, I'm going to take Atlanta only because Los has to take Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think this is going to be a close one it's to call. Going to, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll certainly see. All right, let's move on to the next one. We have Detroit at Baltimore. Do you want to say something? No, go oh, ahead. It sounded like you did. Okay. Uh, Detroit lost the first Thanksgiving game day of this year to Minnesota, uh, but Stafford played well despite uh, some good defense from Minnesota over there. Uh, he's probably going to be a QB2 this week. Uh, he, he does have a, a bit of an ankle issue that he suffered at the end of that game. Um, I don't know if that's going to affect his numbers that much, um, but Baltimore's defense also has been trending up over the past couple of weeks, so we'll see with him. Um, 
Yeah, Marvin Jones got bottled up by Xavier Rhodes last week, um, but he still had a big day. Um, what was two touchdowns, hundred yard, hundred and nine yards. Um, yeah, like Mung, what do you think? What do you think about this Detroit team? Yeah, I'm not too worried about Matthew Stafford's ankle injury. It sounds pretty minor, but the Baltimore defense is certainly a tough matchup. Um, I would think he's a he's downgraded to a QB two again this week, but. I, I think it's on the flip side, it's time to stop ignoring Marvin Jones. Uh, you know, I downgraded him in my rankings last week to wide receiver three, having to face a, a really good cornerback in Xavier Rhodes, but Jones has the skills and the chemistry with Stafford to be that weekly wide receiver two, and that's where he is for me this week. Uh, and really, it's been Golden Tate who's been limited by those opposing defenses, and, and Tate's a high-end wide receiver three for me in another tough matchup. Um, the other thing is Galladay has played a lot more snaps than uh, TJ Jones last week. Uh, so I think he's a wide receiver for some upside here. Um, and then finally, uh, I hate to say this, but I'm actually kind of liking Eric Ebron a little bit as a tight end two in PPR. Um, you know, Darren Fells has still been taking away those red zone looks, but Ebron's been getting relatively consistent targets between the 20s. So uh, I think if you're desperate, he's an okay play in PPR. I'd agree with with um pretty much everything you said. What do you think about um Galladay? Is is he starting to come and eat into Golden Tate's production? Um, I don't think necessarily that. Uh, if anything, he's been taking more away from T.J. Jones. But I, I, Golden Tate's interesting because. I mean, he's not hurt that we know of, and he's still being targeted a good amount. Uh, I, I think the game's going to come for him. Uh, I, again, he's still a wide receiver three or flex this week. I do think there's going to be some opportunities there, um, but certainly this matchup just isn't great for him. I, I, I think you know we're going to see this Detroit offense kind of go back to him when they're really struggling, and this could be another game where he just gets peppered with targets if they do happen to play better defense against Marvin Jones here. That's fair. Um, do we even need to talk about their running backs? Is anybody starting them uh, at all? <laughs> you know, Amir Abdullah. Um, it, it's funny because we talked last week. There, there was sort of a, a flipping of roles here. With, you mean you talked last week? Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. Uh, I spoke and everyone listened. Uh, but no, really, I, I think Amir Abdullah... You know, he's been utilized more as a pass catching back with Theoretic actually getting some carries. So it's kind of tough to see here. Um, but certainly, I think, I guess Abdullah would be the guy here. Uh, I just, you know, they're all low end flex plays. You're not, there's really not a whole lot of upside to either one. So I, I can't imagine you'd be excited about starting either. But I, I would go Abdullah as that pass catching guy in PPR. I mean, I wouldn't recommend playing either of them. Um, if you can avoid it, obviously. Um, yeah, let's just move on to the next team. Uh, we <laughs> have right. Baltimore, uh, who's playing right now. Um, so what do you think here? Uh, have we, I, honestly, I've had my back to the game this entire time because the microphone faces the other way. <laughs> um, so what do you think about this whole Woodhead and Alex Collins thing? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Baltimore likes Alex Collins a lot. I don't know if it's the Irish dancing that's improved his footwork and his mobility, but, you know, Collins should be a low-end RB2 for me against the Detroit run defense that struggled the last few games. 
Um, but more importantly, maybe Collins has been in on passing down plays as well. And, and you know, kind of eating into the Woodhead role a little bit at least. Um, so I like Collins quite a bit in PPR. Uh, but I still like Danny Woodhead. I, you know, I think that... Oh, speaking of Alex Collins, busting out a very, very nice run down to inside the 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, Collins has been playing really well. And Baltimore has shown that they're willing to just give it to him. Uh, but at the same time, I still like Danny Woodhead as a flex play. We saw him get five target... Or excuse me, five catches on just 13 snaps in his first game back last week. Um, we'll see how much Woodhead's used tonight. But certainly, you know, I, I like Collins more. And as for the receivers here, I, I think we see, um, you know, Macklin covered by Darius Slay, which could free up Mike Wallace a little bit for some shots downfield. Um, he's already gotten at least one deep target from Flacco tonight where he just got overthrown a little bit. Uh, but I like Wallace over Macklin this week as a mid-level wide receiver three. Um, and I like Macklin as a low end wide receiver three or flex and Alex Collins with the touchdown here. Uh, you know, uh, he's been good. So keep rolling him out as an RB two in fantasy. And then I actually, uh, you know, I, I've started Flacco in some daily lineups against Houston tonight. Uh, but I don't love him as much against Detroit, just a mid-level QB two. Uh, you know, you haven't been starting Flacco all year in fantasy. I don't see why that would change now. So, so I'm going to bring this back to Alex Collins because I don't think this has ever happened before on our podcast where it just so happened that the player in question happened to be doing well on Monday Night Football while we were recording this. So let me ask you this question. Do you, so is this Alex Collins, Danny Woodhead thing that's going on a product of Alex Collins just being good or the fact that they want to try and ease Danny Woodhead back in as someone who's a little bit more injury prone in the past, they just want to kind of get him going before they really give him a good workload. I think it's a bit, a little bit of both, but more so the former. I mean, Collins has just been playing really well, and there's no reason to go away from "quote unquote" the hot hand. So unless he fumbles or struggles, uh, I don't, I don't see Woodhead's role increasing drastically, even even when he does get back to 100. percent Okay, that's fair. So who do you got in this game? Uh, I'll take Baltimore at home again uh, against Detroit. Man, that's a tough one. I'll go with I'll go with Baltimore too. All right. All right, moving on. The next game we have is New England at Buffalo. Nice little uh, little matchup here, divisional matchup. Um Tom Brady and the crew handle Miami so well that they get to they get the pleasure of playing another divisional rival this week. Uh, Brady added another uh couple touchdowns. Uh, I'm sorry, four touchdowns, two to Gronk, one to Cooks, one to Burkhead. Um, Brady and Gronk, you're, you're going to start them no matter what. Cooks, yeah, you're probably starting him too. Uh, they, they seem to be matchup proof at this point. Um, Hogan, not really sure if he'll be out there again. Uh, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, Amendola hasn't really done anything. Um, and... Yeah, uh, that's uh, outside of the wide receivers. I mean, that's really it. Uh, the running backs are still very questionable here. We have Deion Lewis, who had uh, over 100 yards. Um, what was it? 110, I think. Maybe 112. Uh, 15 carries. So it looks like he might be back to his old form as he had for most of the year last year. Uh, then we have Burkhead, who seems to be eating into James White's productions a little bit here. Um, 13 13 touches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. 
Um, what do you think, Mung? Yeah, um, I mean, certainly Brady, Cooks, Gronk, those guys you're starting every week. As for Chris Hogan uh, with that shoulder injury, it sounds like he's questionable. Um, you know, we'll see how he practices this week. If he starts, he'd be an instant wide receiver too in fantasy, uh, assuming he's active this week. Um, Buffalo's secondary is certainly giving up plenty of big plays, although not to Kansas City apparently. Um, but if Hogan's out again, then Amendola, he's been that boomer bust wide receiver for, but I actually think he would have a nice game this week, um, see some slot work, and really we remember what Keenan Allen did to Buffalo a couple weeks ago. Um, so I, I do think if Hogan were to be out again, I do like Amendola's upside. Um, and then for the running backs, yeah, I mean, I think I prefer Lewis over Burkhead despite Burkhead vulturing a couple touchdowns. Uh, you know, Lewis is getting more carries and he's kind of, you know, he's looked explosive. He's looked really good and they really tried to limit his touches early on in the season. I think they're trying to, you know, save him for a playoff run. Hopefully he'll stay healthy. Uh, but really, uh, you know, start them both as running back twos in fantasy. And James White, despite kind of, uh, you know, losing touches to these guys, he's still being used and he's a flex play in PPR still. All it takes is like three or four catches and, and you know, he could break a long one to kind of make your day there. Yeah, what do you think James White did to, uh, to Bill Belichick to, to deserve this? He had such great production at the beginning of the year. Do you think he insulted his mother? <laughs> I don't think he's done anything. I, I mean, White's a very good back, but when fully healthy, I think Deion Lewis and, and Rex Burkhead just offer a little bit more versatility in that role. That's fair. Um, so let's move on to Buffalo. Uh, the Bills, uh, they went back to Tyrod Taylor this week. Um, and I will say that that was an embarrassing move by them a couple weeks ago to, to do what they did. Uh, and... I guess the I guess he did all right. Uh certainly better than Peter Peterman's his name, right? Nathan yeah, Peterman. Yeah. Uh, so what dude. is that? Five picks in the first half. <laughs> That's uh, let's not even talk about that. That was two weeks ago. Um, but Tyrod Taylor is solid. Uh, he's not great. Uh, probably a QB two, maybe on the high end. Um, in this matchup, uh. LaShawn McCoy, running back one. If you're not, if you have him and you're not starting him, then I don't know what you're doing. Uh oh, Lamar Miller's down. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what this is all about. Looks like that's the second. Wait, didn't they ooh, just pick up? Looks um, like. Uh, looks like Brandon Williams might have landed on his ankle there. Ooh, we'll see. Ooh, isn't Andre Ellington their backup? Maybe the knee. Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, I mean Dante Foreman's gone for the season, yeah. so this is this could be rough here. Um. But as you know, as someone who is betting on Baltimore here uh, this week, uh, I, I guess I'll take it. But you never want to see anybody hurt. Right. All right. Where was I? Oh yeah, talking about Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. Skip uh, over him. You're starting him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Charles Clay, he's back. Tight end one. You're starting him too. <laughs> um, I I don't know about that. If you're okay, who are you gonna have better at this point? I, you know, there's a. I think there's a lot of tight end options after the top five or so. Uh, Clay, you know, he's gotten some PPR looks, but he's still in that kind of Eric Ebron, Julius Thomas area where he's going to get like four catches for like 50, 60 yards every week, and it'll be fine, but th there's not a whole lot of upside. All right. I still think, it, I mean, I, I'd say tight end this year has been kind of a, it's a really uh, gray area, and when he's played, he's impressed me. I okay. would start him. Well, here, let me let me list off some tight ends and let let's see who you would start over him. Fine. 
Um, let me pull up the list here real quick. So, all right, obviously, you know, we don't really need to spend a whole lot of time. You know, Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Graham, Ingram, those are pretty solid, right? Yeah. All right, um, Delaney Walker. Uh, it over this is over Clay. Correct. I'd probably start Clay over Delaney Walker. Really? Mariota's not been that good. Mariota hasn't, but Delaney Walker's been, you know, he's had more than 12 points each week in the last four weeks since the bye. I mean, he's been rock solid. You got your stats in front of you. <laughs> oh, I mean, I do, but I'm, all right. Well, I mean, to give you some background here, he's had 12 points, 12 points, 15, and 16 the last four weeks. And that's in PPR? Correct. All right, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, and what about, you know, Kyle Rudolph, who we just talked about? That's a messy offense because it, it, they're good, but there are a lot of miles to feed there. So, yeah, I'd probably play him over Kyle Rudolph. All right. Interesting. Um, I mean, I have Rudolph firmly in my tight end one ranks for this coming week. I mean, he's been pretty solid as well. Had a big game last week. But, you know, I, I, I get your argument on Clay. I just don't think that, you know, barring some garbage time, which is possible, I'll grant you that. I just think that the floor is relatively high, but the ceiling isn't super high for me. I hate that you said garbage time because that was going to be my gotcha at the end of this whole exercise. So uh, I'd be like, but garbage time. Well, I mean, a couple other guys here, too. I mean, Jack Doyle, he's been pretty solid, you know, getting consistent targets. Uh, you know, he had a stinker a couple weeks ago against Pittsburgh, but outside of that, he hasn't, you know, had less than 10 PPR points in his last six games outside of Pittsburgh. And then Jordan Reed might be back. He would certainly be higher, I would think. Would you agree with that? Would you slot him in, though, as his first game back being that productive? Um. I would I would rank him over Clay because the upside is so much higher. I would think if he's ready to be back, um, that would mean you know he's not going to be very limited in terms of snaps. I think he would be ready to go because they right. have waited on him. All right, I stand correct. Well, I, I'm not going to say I stand corrected yet, but <laughs> we'll see. Well, all right. Instead, in Los's stead here, would you like to make a bet? I knew this was coming. I, I would say that Charles Clay is going to be outside of the top 10 tight ends in PPR scoring this week. Mm, outside of the top. And how many did we name here? Nine? Uh, I I lost track here. Uh, we talked about quite a few, but. All right, fine. Fine, I mean, I'll I would, take it. I know, think outside of the guys we talked about, I would still have Jason Witten over him. Um probably hunter henry facing cleveland who we'll talk about in a little bit i just think there's a lot of options here over clay all right fine i'll, I'll take i'll take the bet and you can put it under me doesn't have to be under lows all right not top 10 tight end for me in week 13 we'll see i'm praying for the garbage time yeah i mean that's that's very possible but uh you know, outside of Clay, you know, uh, I, I do think Tyrod Taylor will be a fine streaming quarterback, a high-end QB2 this week. He's always got that rushing floor. And then the receivers here, a little bit to talk about, too. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, he's out with that torn meniscus at least this week, possibly more. Um, Zay Jones led uh, with three catches on, on 10 targets, which isn't super efficient. But, hey, the volume's there, and he got 33 yards and a touchdown to show for it. Um, I would think Zay Jones is a decent flex play here. Yeah, especially with Benjamin out. Uh, I, I'd agree with that. 
Oh man, I needed CJ Fedora to not get that catch, but hopefully um, that that'll be it for tonight um, and a tight matchup. But uh, yeah, sorry, going back to uh, Buffalo here. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of garbage time, I just don't see a ton of efficiency from this offense. Uh, you know, McCoy is really the only rock solid guy here who's guaranteed to get a ton of touches. Um, yeah, I will take New England at home. I mean, of course. All right, and let's move on. All right, the next game we have here is Tampa Bay at Green Bay in a battle of the bays. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fitzpatrick, he was all right uh, versus Atlanta. Uh, Game manager, I don't think I would start him. Um, I think if you're smart, you're probably also not going to do that unless you're really, really desperate. Um. The running back situation here is interesting, especially with uh, Doug Martin. First of all, not playing well. Second of all, not playing for a lot of that game as well. Uh, was he concussed? I can't remember. Yeah, Doug Martin left that game with a concussion, uh, led to two touchdowns for Peyton Barber. But interesting to note, Martin was actually running really well before he left. Um this is a tough one, too, because there's a little bit of uncertainty at quarterback, too. Uh, Jameis Winston could return from that shoulder sprain this week. Um, it's really uncertain right now. There's a lot up in the air. Is it going to be Jameis and Doug? Is it going to be Fitzpatrick and Doug? Is it going to be Fitzpatrick and Barber or Fitzpatrick and Jaquiz or Jameis and Jaquiz? Uh, there's a lot up in the air for Tampa Bay here. Uh, the only thing that's rock solid is, of course, Mike Evans. Um, and I actually like Deshaun Jackson a lot as a wide receiver three, too, this week. Um, you know, he's seen a lot of targets with Fitzp- excuse me, Fitzpatrick in. And then, uh, you know, Green Bay, their secondary has given up quite a few plays. Uh, I like him a lot. And then with the tight ends, again, I think this is going to come down to which quarterback starts. Uh, O.J. Howard seems to be Fitzpatrick's preferred option, and Cameron Brait seems to be Jameis Winston. So... Depending on which quarterback starts, I would prefer, you know, respectively, uh, Brait with uh, Jameis and then Howard with Fitzpatrick. Sounds to me like you need to be treading lightly with any Tampa Bay player you have. Outside of Mike Evans. Right. And Deshaun Jackson this week. You think so? Even for Deshaun Jackson? I I think there's risk there, but I think, you know, it's a relatively good matchup for him. So I, I would play him over other flex options this week, depending on who you got. That's fair. All right. Green Bay. The great Brett Brent, whatever you want to call him, Hundley. Uh, he was looking okay against uh, Pittsburgh. Um, three touchdowns and heavily targeting uh, Devontae Adams. Um, so he, I would, I would say Devontae Adams continues the streak uh, and probably is a wide receiver one um, next week. Um, Ooh, I don't. That's, you don't think so? Ooh, that's uh, maybe against Tampa Bay. I I could possibly see it. He's a he's a wide receiver too for me. But you know, I I wouldn't fault you for putting him there. He he like Hunley loves him. Yeah, he does, and uh, it's sad for us Jordy owners, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. What about all the Randall Cobb owners out there? I mean, he got you a touchdown on a blown coverage by uh, the Steelers, but, you know, I, I would probably still rank them uh, Devontae, then Jordy, then Cobb. Although I do think Jordy has some upside as a wide receiver for this week. Again, that, that Buccaneers secondary is awful and really just takes one or two plays for uh, for Jordy to do okay this week. 
Yeah, I could see that. Um, so what about the running back situation here? Uh, it seems that when they're healthy, Green Bay can kind of kind of punch in whatever running back they want and they seem to produce. Yeah, it's it's tough because, again, we're not sure if Ty Montgomery is going to be ready to play this week with that rib issue, another injury situation to monitor during the week. But um, certainly if he's out again, Jamal Williams has been a workhorse back, and we saw that he ran well against uh, the Steelers, and he's been involved catching passes out of the backfield as well. Um, I would think that uh, he would be a solid RB2 this week. Uh, if Montgomery's back, that would certainly eat into at least probably his pass catching duties, I would think. But um, it, it's tough. I, I guess for me, if Montgomery's out, Jamal Williams is an RB two, um, mid to high end. And if uh, excuse me, if Montgomery returns, I would have probably Williams as a low end RB two and Montgomery as a flex play. That's interesting. Um, have you heard any updates on Montgomery? Because I feel like he came back too early before and he probably still had, you know, his ribs probably weren't fully healed yet. Do you think after holding him out even longer that this might not be a problem? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I, I read medical reports from trusted people uh, on Twitter and, and other websites to, to get kind of the medical info in terms of my fantasy analysis. Certainly uh, a lot more knowledgeable guys out there. Um, but for me, I mean, I don't think the doctors would let him play if there was a higher risk. But I, I think in general, probably, uh, again, speaking as a non-medical opinion, there probably is higher risk. I mean, it's probably stronger the more time you give it to heal, right? I think I was looking more for like a, a pain management kind of thing. Cause at this point, like it's been weeks now, like, cause didn't he injure himself in week four? Well, th this Am was, he re-injured them a couple weeks ago. Oh, see, okay. I think I missed that. Then. Um, yeah. So definitely, I think the risk is definitely there, but again, uh, I'm not going to speculate, uh, for all you listeners out there, just keep track of the practice reports this week. Uh, I think that'll be the most telling sign. If he, if he doesn't at least get in a limited practice by Thursday or Friday, I would expect him to be out again. And we could probably see it now. I'm guessing this because there was a time when he played with um, what was the other guy's name? I already forgot. But they played Aaron together, Jones. and he, yeah, he ate into Aaron Jones's production like pretty heavily. In fact, the, he performed better than Aaron Jones that week. Yeah, they still like him uh, as a pass catcher out of the backfield, but I think that game was actually against the Bears, and for some reason Montgomery just tears up the Bears' defense for whatever reason. So I, I don't know if that one game or two game sample size is enough. But either way, just just to mention too, Jones is going to be out for at least this week, uh, and probably more with that MCL issue. So who do you have in this game? Uh, I'll take Green Bay at home here. It's it's hard to bet against them at home. Yeah, I'll agree with that, only because Tampa Bay has way too many question marks here. Yeah, that also. All right, next up, we have um, Indianapolis and Jacksonville. So, uh, where do we start? We'll start with Indianapolis. Um, it's going to be a real tough day for them. Um, Jacksonville has a top fantasy defense, and they have actually a top NFL defense. Um, even though they just, even though they just lost, uh, to Arizona, um, Brissette, probably a quarterback too this week, uh, maybe some rushing upside. I, I wouldn't start him if I, you know, didn't have to, uh, 
T.Y. Hilton, probably a flex option. Uh, this is the, he's, going, he's going up against a great defense, some great corners on this team. Um, I, don't, I don't see much upside here besides Doyle. He yeah, might look, be the only one I start. Yeah, I would definitely look to avoid Brissett also. Um, you know, I was really high on T.Y. Hilton last week against a, a softer uh, secondary with Tennessee, but he really disappointed. I certainly don't like him this week against Jacksonville. Uh, I would probably try to bench him if you can, uh, if you can find better options here. And yeah, I mean, Jack Doyle's been very solid. Uh, you know, we just talked about him uh, real quick when we were going through that uh, little bet with uh, Charles Clay, and, and he's been seeing consistent target volume and outside of that Pittsburgh game, and they've been really good against tight ends. Uh, you know, I, I think Jack Doyle's a, a solid uh, tight end one again this week. Um, the running backs, uh, the Jacksonville defense has been really good against the run since they got marcel darius uh, i would probably avoid both gore and mac as well both just very low end flex plays or rb4s yeah i'd agree with that um moving on to jacksonville um they actually had a tough time against this cardinals defense um and it, it actually allowed blake bortles to have a couple of rushing touchdowns uh blake bortles horrible at the beginning of the season all of a sudden he starts trending up a little bit so how do you feel about him? Are you starting him? Is he a wide or um, quarterback one this week? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that I would ever have Portals as a quarterback <laughs> one. But uh, certainly I, I think he's, you know, if you're desperate, he's got upside as a streaming quarterback too. Uh, this is a pretty decent matchup again at home. And, you know, I would expect them to have some play action off of Leonard Fournette, who I, I think, again, I'm not worried about at all, should have some nice... Uh, uh, another nice game here uh, back in, in my RB1 ranks for sure. Yeah, I'd agree with Fournette there. Uh, he's been quiet for a, a little bit too long. Yeah, and then in terms of the wide receivers, you know, Marquise Lee really just got stopped by Patrick Peterson, as, you know, most of us would expect. Uh, uh, and D.D. Westbrook got 10 targets as a result. So I, I would think both are wide receiver three or flex plays. Again, this is a softer uh, a much softer secondary than Arizona's, to be sure. So um, I, I think both of them are, are decent starts here. You don't think D.D. Rusbrook is going to get his 200, 200 yards this game? <laughs> probably, this isn't it? Probably not, but I, I think if, if ever there were a game where this could happen, it would be either against Indy or you know possibly Houston or San Francisco. Those would be the three teams that I would bet on. Or Tampa Bay, I'm sorry, of course, with Julio's big day. So you would say that he has the highest floor in a flex? No, I, I think sorry, Marquise Lee ceilings, would still ceiling. be that guy. Um, I would still take Lee over Westbrook, to be sure. I was being a little bit facetious there. Ah. Uh, so who do you have in this matchup? Uh, I will take Jacksonville at home. I will definitely take Jacksonville at home. All uh, right. Moving on to get this moving a little bit. Uh, Denver at Miami. Uh, Denver, they need to figure something out here. Uh, they, they need some kind of answer on offense. Um, Lynch is out with a, an, uh, ankle injury already. Uh, so Simeon comes right back in for the start and we've seen what that produces and you probably don't want to be a part of that. Uh, as for the running backs, they split their carries, uh, again, um, Anderson, Booker, Charles, I mean, I wouldn't probably, I'd probably maybe flex, I don't know, I maybe Anderson or Booker. Um, I don't know, Mung, what do you think? 
Uh, I mean, Booker would be the guy I would pick, but you're ideally not starting any of these running backs. Uh, you know, this offense is terrible. They just don't have a quarterback, and I'm avoiding pretty much everybody except Demarius Thomas. Uh, he'll he'll be a wide receiver three or flex play, and then Sanders also a lower end flex uh, if you're desperate. Uh, these are the only two guys on Denver I'd really consider right now. Even even with a good matchup on paper against Miami, I'm probably gonna avoid Trevor Simeon unless you're absolutely desperate. I I would start Blake Bortles over Trevor Simeon this week. There you go. Got it out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't take that long. Yep. Uh, Yeah, there's nothing else to talk about this team. Uh, I'm going to move on to Miami. So uh, Moore couldn't keep up with uh, Brady and Foxborough, and I expect him or Cutler, um, if he's back, to struggle um, against Denver. Denver still has a slightly respectable defense on the, on the upper tier, even though they've been slumping a little bit lately. Yeah, slightly being the key word here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think I would play either quarterback this week. Um, Williams was looking pretty decent uh, until he exited with a shoulder dislocation. So Drake actually might be a decent play here because he's going to be eating up all of those carries. Um probably a low end running back two at the highest i don't know what do you think mug yeah i think purely just on volume I and mean, we might we might see sonoris perry mixing a little bit but i would think Drake is going to take the bulk of the touches here um really really the guy you're looking for is jarvis landry he's been reliable regardless of whether it's been cutler uh, or Matt Moore under center. Um, and we've seen Parker fade back a little bit. Uh, really hasn't done much. Uh, Kenny Stills has been outplaying him a little bit, or at least, you know, uh, out-targeted. And uh, I, I would probably avoid both, but uh, I guess Stills over Parker at this point as a desperation wide receiver four. Um, yeah, I mean, not, not again, not a whole lot here on the Miami side either. This, uh, this game's probably going to be a battle of the defenses, which is why I think Denver is probably going to take it. So not only are you advising not playing many of the players in this game, but you also seem to be maybe advising not to even watch this game. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'll watch it just for the fantasy part of it, but uh, certainly if I were watching just for NFL or for fun, I, I would pick uh, other games. So who do you have? Uh, I'll, I'll take Denver, even on the road. Yeah, I'll take Denver. Miami just... You never know what you're going to get out of them, even if Cutler plays. Oh, I know what I'll get out of them, and it's pretty garbage. Yeah, right. All right, let's move on to the next one. Carolina at New Orleans. Uh, Cam Newton, rushing touchdown. Otherwise, decently quiet. Um, I'd say he's probably a low-end QB1. Um, Christian McCaffrey had a decent game. Seven carries, 62 yards. Um... I don't know. High-end running back two? What do you think? Uh, I still have McCaffrey as a running back one, even though he was a little disappointing this past week. Um, can't. I mean, th- this game is another one where it's a little early in the week. Uh, a lot's going to depend on injuries, notably to Marshawn Lattimore um, and to Ken Crawley. But, you know, really, <laughs> without both of their starting cornerbacks, the, you know, the Rams kind of cruise to a – some I wouldn't say an easy victory, but a, a fairly solid uh, game against them. And by, by the way, Justin Tucker is just amazing. I mean, he's such a good kicker, um, not just for fantasy, but in general. 
Um, but back 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 to the Panthers here. Cam Newton. I mean, he was awful in the early in the season against the Saints, but that was when he was still getting back to 100% from that shoulder surgery. Um, again, if Lattimore is in, that's going to be the biggest part. I would probably downgrade Cam a little bit to a lower end QB one. Um, that's how good that rookie cornerback has been this year. Uh, like I said, I still like McCaffrey regardless, especially catching passes against the Saints. They're they're allowing a lot of yards to running backs. Um, Jonathan Stewart, just a low-end flex play as usual. Really just hoping for a touchdown if you start him, and you probably won't get it. Uh, and then Devin Funchess, again, is going to depend on Lattimore. I would assume Lattimore to shadow Funchess if he plays. Um, just a low-end flex play if Lattimore's in. But if he's out and misses another week with the ankle injury, then I like Funchess as a mid-level wide receiver too. That's how much of a bump up he would get. Uh, and then finally, Greg Olson, uh, it sounds like he had foot soreness, uh, but he'll be okay. Um, I'm assuming he's going to be, uh, you know, limited in terms of snaps, even though uh, he is expected to play. So probably Olson, just a high-end tight end too, until he's 100%. But you know what? I would still start him over Charles Clay. <laughs> oh, I hate you for that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. You want to put another bet? Who who has more fantasy points this week, Greg Olson or Charles Clay? I'll do that in PPR. Yeah, all right. Let's do I, it. I say Greg Olson has more. Fine. All right. Let's see. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say something about Olson, but you just completely just drained it out of me. <laughs> so I'm not gonna say a word. Uh, let's move on to New Orleans here. Uh, New Orleans is pretty great. Um, they lost last week uh, to the Rams, but they've been they've been really good this year so i'm not gonna say anything about that uh what i will say is kamara was really good on not very many touches in comparison um couple touchdowns there over what 150 all-purpose yards he's great even even with ingram there ingram had a low uh probably in his kind of resurgence in the second half of the season this is this has been on the low part He'll probably be back to his running back one status this coming week. I don't know, Mung. What do you think? Uh, that, that's tough to say because Carolina's defense has been up and down, but their secondary is more of a liability than their run defense. Um, you know, I, I think Reese is fine as low in QB1, but even though Ingram had a rough day, excuse me against the Rams uh you know he was stopped just short of the goal line or else it would have been better uh but the problem here is I I do think Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis are, are better than most linebackers at matching up with running backs and tight ends so I I have downgraded Kamara and Ingram a little bit uh, both just why uh excuse me high on running back twos instead of running low on running back ones uh really part of this too is the uncertainty with Lattimore that's how big of a piece he is for this entire team uh I would think that they would be, you know, playing a, a much more close matchup than from behind. Uh, but if he's out of that defense, then they might be playing from behind, which would definitely lead to, you know, more touches out of the backfield for Kamara as a pass catcher. So certainly I like Kamara over Ingram this week. Um Again, uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the running backs, uh, their usage is consistent with Kamara catching more passes. But again, uh, Ingram has shown propensity to break a couple big plays or, or get the goal line touches at least. So it's going to come down to the touchdowns here. Um, of course, you're starting Michael Thomas. And then the other thing to note is Kobe Fleener's in the concussion protocol. If he's out of this game, 
Um, you're not starting Felina regardless, but it might send a few more targets toward Ted Ginn's direction. Uh, and then just a quick note too, this is a revenge game for him. So I, I like Ginn a lot uh, as a high and wide receiver three this week. Um, in fact, probably over Deshaun Jackson. Oh, so there it is. There's the one guy that you play over Jackson. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> probably more than one, but yeah, I would definitely go Ginn over Jackson. Yeah, I can see where you're coming with that too. Ginn's been decently solid this year. Everyone I mean, thought Sneed was going to come back and take it away from him and just didn't happen. Well, the other thing is the Saints defense has been so solid that they haven't had to throw much. But again, with Lattimore and Crawley both out last week, they've gone back to the pass. And I would, I would expect more volume for Ginn as a result. So who do you have in this game? Oh, this is going to be tough, but I, I will take New Orleans at uh, home. I'm taking New Orleans, too. I, I think it's me close, though, and, and a lot's going to depend on Lattimore. That's fair. All right. Oh, man, we still have quite a few more games here. <laughs> uh, next game, uh, Kansas City at New York Jets. Ugh. This has been, this, both these teams have been odd this year. Casey starting out hot and then slumping and the Jets starting out in typical Jets fashion and improving slightly over the season. <laughs> slightly, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kansas City, um, Kareem Hunt with a, is this a season low for him? 11 carries? I mean, look, the, the problem is ever since Pittsburgh, uh, really that zone coverage that they used against Kansas City has really been the mold that every team has used thereafter. And until Andy Reid shows that he can kind of figure out a way to beat that, that's what teams are going to do. So um, we'll see if that happens this week. Alex Smith's just a high-end QB2 for me until we see more. And as talented as Kareem Hunt is, uh, you know, the offensive line has been played well. He's been getting contact in the backfield consistently. And then he's losing those passing game touches still to Sharkhandrick West. So uh, really with the Jets run defense playing very well as well, Hunt's just a mid, mid-level mid RB2 for me. Um, but of course, you're still starting Kelsey and Hill, even though Kelsey had a down day last week as well. Um, those are two guys that I would probably avoid benching unless you have way better options. Now, you mentioned um, a zone defense and you mentioned the coaching. But do you think that this could potentially be a product of Alex Smith just regressing to the mean? He seems to look like regular old Alex Smith that we've been used to seeing I think that's so part of it too. To um, I think part of it is, you know, his confidence kind of shot now as well. So he's not taking as many shots down the field. Uh, he definitely had Kelsey open on a couple plays last week, but just kind of checked it down. And yeah, we're kind of seeing that old Alex Smith rear his head. And uh, I, I think it's still fixable, but uh, I, I think we need to see it before we can kind of just run him out there in our fantasy lineup. Right. And so what are you doing with Tariq Hill? Uh, I mean, I'm still starting Hill and Kelsey um, and Hunt unless you have, you know, really good running backs. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so let's move over to the Jets. Um, Josh McCown, probably a low-end QB1. And he's probably the most underrated low-end QB1 you can get in fantasy this year. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I would start McCown over Alex Smith, and I would actually start McCown over Case Keenum this week. Really? That's how much I like this matchup. Wow. That's interesting. I would have never thought that. 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you look at it, Kansas City's defense, run defense and pass defense have been awful the last few weeks. I mean, that's not helping their offense either, you know, setting up in terrible field field positions. Um, and really, you know, McCown's not scared to take those shots downfield, and he's been connecting with Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse. So, honestly, I think there's a lot of opportunity here for the entire passing game. Uh, I've got Anderson as a low-end wide receiver, too. Um, Curse is a, is a desperation wide receiver, four, but we've seen the upside is there any given week. And Austin Safarian Jenkins must have done something to piss off the refs because he can't catch a break. Got another touchdown overturned by a slight bobble. Uh, I still like him as a high-end tight end too, though, if only they'd actually give him the touchdowns that he's catching. Is there a way that we can somehow in fantasy play the referees versus Austin Safarian Jenkins? And every time they call back, it would be touchdown. We gain points for that because I would bet on that every single week. Yeah, and you would have been winning, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I, I really don't get it. I mean, the, the catch is so you know, just hit or miss in in the NFL depending on the refs. And uh, but it, apparently, if your name is Austin, uh, they they hate you. And I think it's because he has two last names. <laughs> That's also very possible, although Juju Smith-Schuster has been doing all right, so it might not be that. That's a fair point. Just wait till they find out that his last name's hyphenated. I bet they don't know. <laughs> yeah, next next time, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be mysteriously out of bounds. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, give me, you know, I'm going to call me crazy. Uh, hot take, maybe. Give me the Jets at home. I'm going to take Kansas City. All right. I mean, hey, uh you know, it could be a bad bet, but I've uh, been agreeing with you too much on this podcast so far. Right. I need to. I need. To I mean, I think the bit. smart money would be on Kansas City, but give me the Jets. Okay, next game we have Houston at Tennessee, and with uh, Lamar Miller going down earlier in this game tonight, I think really the the only person to talk about here is DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think, Mung? Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see how Lamar Miller looks, uh, you know, tomorrow um, after they get him checked out. Not sure if he's going to return this game yet either, but if he plays, Miller should be a volume guy, uh, assuming the the injury isn't serious. Um, He'd be an RB2, but if not, man, I really don't know. Alfred Blue and Andre Ellington will probably split some touches. I I guess I would go Blue, but it's, it's a little bit too early to speculate that, really. Um, certainly you're starting DeAndre Hopkins, but realistically I'm avoiding everybody else. Uh, Will Fuller, he's going to be a boomer bust. Uh, and then maybe Bruce Ellington gets, uh, gets a bunch more targets. Uh, you know, but again, who knows? Um, even though this Tennessee matchup is okay, I just don't know if I would trust anybody here on the Texans outside Hopkins, really. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Is Fuller even fully healthy yet? Do you think he'll even play? Um, I haven't, I haven't seen him mentioned much tonight. Of course, we're watching without the sound and kind of recording, uh, so can't pay full attention to the game, but I, I, you know, I, we'll see if he's ready, uh, to really play a role next week. Um, again, uh, he's boomer bust, so it depends on your options, but I, I would think you would probably be benching him in most, most situations here. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I have him and I'm benching him. Um, so moving on to Tennessee here, uh, Mariota, something's wrong with him. He had so much hype coming into the year, and, you know, he's just been kind of disappointing to fantasy owners. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely a bad call on my part. Uh, if you remember in our preseason show, I had Mariota ranked as my QB10 going into the season, and that call's not looking great in hindsight so far this season. Uh, and really, on paper, they've got a good offensive line, uh, which should be a good run game, but a part of it is DeMarco Murray's been awful. I mean, I, I feel like he's just about done. He's got, like, little to nothing left in the tank here. I would think Derrick Henry's time is coming um, again, already they're splitting snaps basically 50-50, and Henry's looked much better with his touches than Murray has. Uh, but again, Murray's getting involved enough in the passing game and at the goal line to be a fantasy RB2, uh, whereas Henry is just a flex play because he's really not getting many catches or goal line looks. Um, who knows? He might get like 12 carries for 120 yards next week or like six carries for six yards. So it's so hard to predict this backfield week to week and I feel like it's always when I think Murray's going to have a terrible game that he has an amazing game um, but still starting Murray over Henry right now and then in terms of the pass catchers we'll see how Rashard Matthews hamstring feels um, if he's good to go both Davis and Matthews would be mid-level wide receiver three plays and if Matthews out um, I like Corey Davis uh, again despite struggling against the Colts uh, he'd be a high-end wide receiver three reflex play for me uh, and as we said, I, I like Delaney Walker. He's been very consistent the last four or five weeks. Uh, you know, I'm definitely starting him as a tight end one. Yeah, that backfield's really been a fantasy black hole almost this entire season. And, and I just feel like it's going to continue for the remainder of the season. So if you have if, if you have DeMarco Murray, you kind of have to start him because um, the upside's there. Even if he's been demoted kind of to your flex, he's probably better than m many of the other flex options out there. That you that you might still have, but this this problem isn't going away this season. Yeah, again, depends on your options, but uh, I would I would think I would probably still prefer Murray to a guy like uh, Kenyon Drake, but it'd be close. Yeah, because Kenyon. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because Kenyon Drake has the backfield to himself now. So we don't I'll, really know what that looks like. I'll say this. I'd definitely be starting guys like Deion Lewis and Samaj P. Ryan over DeMarco Murray at this point. Oh, I definitely would. Yeah, um, I, I think Murray's just on the cusp of running back two, running back three. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So who do you have in this game? Uh, I think this is going to be a close one, but uh, give me the home team. I'll take the Titans here. Ah, uh, me too. Fine. All right, moving on. Cleveland at Los Angeles. Chargers. I always see LAC, and I'm a big basketball fan, and I'm thinking LA Clippers. I'm like programmed to read it that way. Yeah, you, you and Los both. Off. It always throws me off seeing LAC. As a, as a non-basketball uh, watcher for the most part, uh, I've never really had that issue. Of course. Okay, anyways, so Cleveland at LA Chargers, not LA Clippers. I can never get used to that. Um... Kaiser came out again with some concussion worries, um, but really, I mean... Who do we even care about on this team besides the hype train that's about to leave the station right now, Josh Gordon? <laughs> what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the sources say that Gordon will be activated this week, uh, but really this is a tough matchup for him to come back to. The Chargers have been playing well on both sides of the ball, uh, on defense especially the last few weeks. Um, even though Kaiser finished you know, the, the day with 19 points, it wasn't pretty. Uh, I guess he'll take it, but... Um, at LA, I, he's just still just a QB two with some upside, despite 
you know, all the hype about Josh Gordon. I don't know how well this offense is going to be moving against this Chargers defense right now. And, you know, they talked about feeding Duke Johnson, but Crawl was still clearly the Charger, or excuse me, the starter in terms of touches. Uh, I would think both running backs are flex plays here. Still prefer Duke Johnson. Uh, and then Corey Coleman is still that number one guy, even with Josh Gordon coming back, that could change. Uh, but I would say at least for this week and next week, it's going to take Gordon a little bit to be reintegrated into this offense. So I, I still think Col Coleman's a flex play here. And the real question is, like you said, how involved is Josh Gordon going to be in his first game back in almost three years? Uh, I would probably start uh, start him in, you know, GPP, uh, DFS lineups, but I would probably avoid him for his first week back in redraft leagues, uh, just a desperation wide receiver for, but certainly he's interesting, uh, could only need, you know, one or two big plays to return that fantasy production. So you're, you're advising everyone to temper your Josh Gordon expectations, maybe only expect, you know, like 10 touchdowns, <laughs> right? Yes. 300 yards, 10 touchdowns. That yes. seems about right. I would probably say fewer than 10 touchdowns. We'll leave it at that. All right. Um, moving on to the not LA Clippers, the LA Chargers. Um, they looked pretty good on Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, just side note, I've never really had issues with the whole Clippers-Chargers thing, but I, I guess I'm not as big of a basketball guy as you and Losar. Um, I don't even know if I can name half the teams in the NBA, to be honest with you, or at least it would take me a while. Um, but speaking of the Chargers, uh, you know, certainly I, I like Phillip Rivers a lot. Uh, Melvin Gordon should be a, a low-end RB1 despite struggling a little bit against Dallas. And then Hunter Henry, uh, you're definitely starting all your tight ends against Cleveland. He's a tight end one. Another guy I would start over Charles Clay this week. Just saying. Um, and then... I, I don't know about Hunter Henry. I think that that touchdown he had last week was kind of gifted to him. I mean, I'll say Hunter Henry has more points than Charles Clay this week. I'm not placing another bet. <laughs> I already have one Charles Clay bet out All there. All right, fair enough. Don't make me seem like the ultimate Charles Clay fan here. <laughs> fair enough. Um, Austin Eckler, flex-worthy. He's been pretty good and might see uh, another quite a few targets in the passing game here as they try to limit Melvin Gordon. Uh, and then, of course, you're starting Keenan Allen. He's blown up the last couple of weeks after really, uh, you know, not doing a ton in the first half of the season. But I love Keenan Allen again. And uh, if I had to pick one, the other guy would be Tyrell Williams, probably the best, uh, but still just a wide receiver four for me. Um, not expecting a whole lot from the rest of this game, even though this team has really come alive. I, I'll definitely be taking the Chargers at home here, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Keenan Allen's a must start. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I, I think you're kind of stuck with him at this point. I mean, I'm a Melvin Gordon owner in one of my leagues, and I've come to rely on him, and it got me out to a very, very strong start, and lately, it hasn't looked so good. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, mean, I think he's going to be fine in this matchup, but, you know, this one you should actually temper your expectations for. Don't, don't temper your Josh Gordon expectations. Yeah, I mean, the problem is... Austin Eckler's really come on. Um, that's a big part of it because Gordon used to be a lot more involved in the passing game, and that, that made up a good chunk of his fantasy production as well. But certainly, uh, I, I can't imagine there are too many better options out there uh, unless you picked up, you know, guys like... Uh, what? Yeah, well, yeah, Kamara for sure. You're starting over him at this point. But uh, even I, I would even think Pirine is 
almost to that Gordon level, just how he's performed the last few weeks. Uh, I think you're jumping on that train a little bit too quickly for, for P. Ryan. P. All Ryan right. or Perrine? Uh, I, I believe it's P. Ryan. That's, that's what I've been led to believe. Well, I'll take your word for it. You watch the games with the sound on more than I do. <laughs> that's true. Um, so, who, well, you already said you have the Chargers in this game. Yep. And we're done talking about this game. All right. All right, let's move on to the other Los Angeles team versus Arizona. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Gospin, pretty impressive here. Uh, another really strong showing against the Saints, right? Oh, definitely. And Gurley, uh, running back one. Yeah, of like course, that. of course. Um, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to talk about on the Rams. I think you're starting the guys you're starting, uh, which would be Cooper Cup. Uh, I think he'll be a wide receiver, too, again this week. Um, and then Watkins, even though he had a great game, uh, I would de- definitely temper expectations as he faces off against Patrick Peterson this week. Um, you know, I, I think he just, you know, kind of back to a flex play here just because of the tough matchup. And then uh, Robert Woods still expected to be out uh, with that shoulder issue. Um and the tight ends has still been pretty much non-factors. Neither is really, uh, you know, seizing command of that job. They're still splitting a lot of time here. Um, the one guy I'll add uh, is Josh Reynolds. Um, you know, caught that touchdown this past week. I, I don't expect him to do a ton here, but he has a little bit of upside as a wide receiver four. And just worth mentioning in dynasty or keeper leagues, uh, Reynolds has some up- upside in case Sammy Watkins moves on in 2018. Um, you know, he could play opposite Robert Woods here, uh, uh, depending on what they do at the wide receiver position. So just something to monitor. Yeah, it's weird that you have to decide which wide receiver on the Rams to play. I feel that that could be a sentence that I'd never thought I would ever have said. Right. And Case Keenum and Jared Goff, both fantasy quarterback ones in many weeks. Ah. I mean, Case Keenum. Yeah. Jared Goff. I mean, he was young. We, we couldn't really judge him. Sorry, I'm sure Jeff Fisher is is enjoying his time on a beach somewhere. He probably is. All right, um, Arizona, Blaine Gabbert. He wasn't completely horrible. No, he was very good, uh, actually. He's the Gillette close shave of the week. I mean, give him some credit. Well, I mean, Arian said, I I saw something today that he said that he'd be totally comfortable with starting Blaine Gabbert next year if Palmer decides to retire. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, here, quick note, uh, Lamar Biller is back in the game, so um, a minor injury for him. So going back real quick to Houston, I would think he's still a PPR uh, running back two, just purely on volume next week. Nice cover. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to Arizona here. Gabbert's been shockingly effective, uh, a decent showing even against the feared Jaguars defense. Uh, he's a streaming quarterback, too, here. Um, he's a possibility if you need help at that position, but um, not a not a huge amount of upside. The Rams have been playing really well on defense. And then uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is an interesting name, uh, a definite streaming tight end option. You know, it's been a little bit fluky, but at the same time, he's shown chemistry with Gabbard, and he has that uh, athleticism to convert the big plays here. Uh, I like him as a high-end tight end, too. Uh, of course, you're starting Peterson as an RB, too, and, and Fitzgerald as a wide receiver, too, as well. So um, those are the guys that you don't really need to worry about week to week on the, on the uh, Cardinals here. Yeah, this Seals Jones guy came kind of out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, you know, past two games, he's been getting some targets. 
Has he even really pl- did he even play much? I didn't really look up uh, his stats from early in the season, but was he on the field? Yeah, so part of it, too, is they're missing John Brown with a toe sprain. Uh, That frees up a a few more targets to kind of spread around. But really, I mean, Jerron Brown hasn't done much, and nor has J.J. Nelson. So really, you know, they've had to try other options. And Seals Jones is is definitely a very athletic guy. He's one of those spark guys. Um, Yeah, worth a shot. You could do worse uh, if you're streaming tight end twos. Uh, I will I will start Charles Clay over him, though. <laughs> and I was going to say also with, with John Brown, that toe sprain is turf toe, and that's a lingering injury. Like, that one's one of those ones where it's a pain tolerance thing. Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens with him. Seals Jones, I, I mean, if John Brown remains out, do you think he is a potential starter in that tight end position? For the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's viable. Uh, I mean, he has been. Uh, it's only been a two-game sample size, so again, there's definitely a risk there. But uh, again, tight end is so matchup dependent that uh, he's worth a shot if you're if you're desperate at that position. So who do you have in this game? Do I even need to ask? Uh, I will take the Rams on the road. I don't think it's going to be maybe as uh, uh, much of a shellacking as they took in London, but uh, I, I will still take the Rams here. I'm taking the Rams too. All right, moving on. The New York Giants at Oakland. Um, what do we even think about the Giants anymore? Do they? I mean, Darkwa, I guess, is someone I would consider starting and maybe in the fl- running back two, maybe in the flex if if I have injuries or something else. But Eli, not starting him. Their wide receivers, I don't even know who's starting for them at this point. Um, yeah. and Engram. We'll see about Sterling Shepard. Again, he missed another game with those migraines. Uh, we'll see if he can get that issue fixed up. Uh, if he plays, certainly I like him as a wide receiver too against a pretty porous Oakland secondary. But, you know, Darkwish should be a decent flex play. And, yeah, I mean, Sterling Shepard is probably a top five or six tight end still. You mean Engram? Oh, yeah, sorry. Evan I'm just saying that Engram, he's slumped the past two weeks. And that seems to be consistent with Sterling Shepard not playing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's had uh, his share of drops. I don't know if that's, you know, just kind of hitting that rookie wall a little bit. But uh, again, uh, there aren't that many better options at tight end. So if you've got Ingram, unless you have one of those top five guys, you're, you're starting him. Yeah, I mean, I would start him too. Um, nothing else to talk about with these guys. Let's move on to Oakland. Derek Carr, couple touchdowns couple hundred yards what do you think about this team crabtree's out lynch though he might be uh, an rb2 to finish out the season yeah, lynch finally got a ton of work uh, 26 carries uh, for 67 yards and a touchdown and three catches uh, tacked on there uh, you know i just don't know though i, I think they're still going to work in deandre washington and jalen richard quite a bit uh, especially against the giants here uh I mean, Lynch is a high-end flex play, I would say. Uh, you know, certainly a little bit more optimistic on him than we were a couple of weeks ago, given the workload he got last week. But really, Derek Carr's been pretty bad. Uh, you know, he's just not been good. And the offensive line isn't necessarily to blame. But, uh, you know, he's going to be missing Michael Crabtree here uh, this week as well. Uh, he's just a QB2 for me. He hasn't been playing well in general. And... 
Amari Cooper might see more targets, but he's also going to face off against Janoris Jenkins, who's been playing better as of late. Uh, and then Jared Cook, uh, so inconsistent, held to one catch for five yards last week. Um, Cook's a tight end too. Cooper's a flex play. And uh, give me the Giants on the road, surprisingly. So do you have Cook or Charles Clay? Oh, give me, give me Charles Clay, man. <laughs> give me Charles Clay. I feel like I have to ask this every time now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just Oakland's been struggling, and I see no reason to rely on them in fantasy. They have not returned our faith outside of maybe one that one blow up game for Mari Cooper. Of course, the the week that I was facing him in multiple weeks, as it usually turns out. I don't even want to pick a team. I think they're both going to lose. Is that possible? <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think Oakland is going to lose here. Uh, I'm going to take Oakland. Okay. I believe in Marshawn Lynch. Ooh I, ooh, I don't know about that, but all right. I'm taking a hot take, okay? I, did, I get like maybe one of these a year. I don't know if that is a hot take. I would think Oakland might still be favored. Oh, really? Well, let's, uh, you know what? I'll take a quick look here. Let's see. Um, uh... I can't find it right now. We'll see. We'll see in the, later in the week. Oh, it's not loading for me. Whatever. Let's just move on. Move on to the next game. All right. Philadelphia at Seattle. Sunday night football. That's going to be a good game. Even though the Legion movement of Boom is probably dead uh, for... Could be forever. Yeah, this is rough. I mean, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Bennett. I mean, this is... Uh, they're really, they're very, I, I don't want to say toothless because they still have some very good players on defense, but so many guys on IR in the secondary um, and the defensive line. I mean, there's a reason the Eagles are favored in this game and fire them up. You're starting Carson Wentz. Uh, you're starting uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Aguilar's a flex option here. Um, Ajayi almost had that touchdown, but had a fumble instead, which Aguilar scooped up. But, uh, you know, I, I would think Ajayi is still a decent flex play as well. Uh, maybe even a low-end RB, too. And, uh, man, I, yeah, I mean, give me all the Eagles. I, I would not shy away from starting them, even in Seattle. I wouldn't have thought about saying that at the beginning of this season. Yeah, the running back committee seems to be working for them. But how do you see it as any of them individually as a fantasy option? Besides, you, you mentioned Ajayi. I think Ajay is the best option. Um, Clement is a pass catcher, uh, but I do think this will be a fairly close game. So I don't think Blunt's going to get a ton of work. Uh, and, but I mean, Blunt and Clement are basically toss ups here with. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ajay is the preferred guy for sure at running back. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move on because you're probably starting most of the Eagles that you have, anyways. Um, Seattle. I mean, you're starting Russell Wilson. You have to. Um, yeah, I mean, Wilson, Baldwin, and Graham are those guys that you're not going to bench. Right. Um, so what are you doing about this this backfield? Uh, the only guy I would maybe touch in PPR is J.D. McKissick. He's been that pass-catching guy, but they really want to you know, hand the ball off to Eddie Lacy. So uh, <laughs> despite everything, but certainly I don't expect any uh, any efficiency here against this monstrous defensive line, which, you know, as Kyle Long said, is, uh, you know, one of the best right now. And, 
really, you can't trust Tyler Lockett. He's just a wide receiver for desperation guy. Um, Paul Richardson, though, he's a viable low-end flex play. He and Russell Wilson have been clicking a lot, uh, and he's been seeing more targets as a result the last couple of weeks. So um, he's still usable depending on what your other options are. But, yeah, mainly it's going to be Wilson, Baldwin, and Graham here that you want. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Who do you have in the game? Give me the the Super Bowl contenders, Philadelphia Eagles on the road. Yeah, I'm taking the Eagles. I can't I can't pass that one up. All right, last game. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, Monday Night Football. Big Ben had a pretty big game last week. How do you think they were going to fare against Cincinnati? Yeah, so Big Ben's always done well at home and in prime time. So this is kind of a, a hard read here because he's going to be on the road, but it's prime time. Um, I, I have him as a high-end QB too. It's going to be a tough matchup for him. Cincinnati's defense has been playing relatively well, but you know I think it's going to be a lower-scoring type of game. Not a ton of offense generated from either team. Uh, of course, you're still starting Bell and Brown, your usual guys. Um, the only situation to monitor here is Juju Smith-Schuster's hamstring and then Vance McDonald's ankle injury. So depending on if Juju plays, Martavis Bryant is going to be a startable wide receiver three if he's out again. Um, but you're starting Juju over Bryant if he is in. And then the other thing is, I mean, Jesse James isn't really a big tight end name to monitor, but I guess he gets a bump up assuming McDonald's out again. Um, but really, it's going to be Ben, Bell, and Brown most weeks. So Jesse James or Charles Clay? Ah, Charles Clay, man. <laughs> Give me Charles Clay over James. All right, let's move on to Cincinnati here. Um, this Last week was the Joe Mixon coming out party. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, he's always had the talent, and we just saw Jamal Williams rip up Steelers, uh, run, uh, the Steelers' run defense for chunks of yardage at a time. Uh, I think Mixon's a low-end RB2 here. Um, I, I think the run game is where you want to attack the Steelers, uh, more so than the passing game. And then uh, Andy Dalton, high-end QB2 as well, but I would probably start Ben over him. That's a toss-up, though. I, I could see both, uh, you know, throwing uh, an interception or two in this one. Um, really, it's A.J. Green, of course, and then Tyler Croft if you're desperate. But, you know, he's really – he hasn't been great, even against Cleveland. Yeah, he just had the touchdown, really, that saved his day. And then, as we said before, uh, as we were talking about Jack Doyle a couple weeks ago, uh, Steelers playing really well against opposing tight ends. So I would probably look to avoid Tyler Croft if possible here. Yeah, there isn't too much to talk about here. It's all about A.J. Green. It's all about Joe Mixon. Probably no one else. Yeah, and again, maybe don't, depending on your options. Right. All right, that's everyone. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take Steelers on the road here. Oh, that's right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the Steelers. I think, I think they're going to make uh, their fans nervous, though. I think it's yeah. going to be a tight game again. Yeah. All right, uh, we don't have any bye weeks uh, this week, so a few streaming options we're going to talk about real quick. Uh, we've got Case Keenum at Atlanta, 46% owned. That Minnesota offense is clicking, and there's really no reason to go away from him. Uh, Tyrod Taylor at New England, 49% owned. Uh, Patriots defense have been playing better, but uh, Tyrod should be all right here, and he's always got that rushing floor. Josh McCown against Kansas City, who I love this week. We talked about 31% owned. Uh, the Chiefs' defense has been pretty awful, and McCown's got that high ceiling week to week. 
Blake Bortles against Indianapolis, 39% uh, at home against the bad secondary. And we've seen that Bortles has some legs on him now. Uh, he certainly helps his upside and his floor. At tight end, we've got Hunter Henry, of course, against Cleveland, 67% owned. You're starting your tight ends against Cleveland. Enough said there. Charles Clay against New England, 59% owned. Uh, he's seeing enough targets to be viable in PPR, and there could be some garbage time here for uh, the Buffalo Bills. Ricky Seals-Jones at Jacksonville, 2% owned. Uh, if you're desperate, uh, he's been getting a lot of targets, and he's been converting for those touchdowns. So uh, there are worse options out there. And then at defense, uh, we've got the L.A. Chargers against Cleveland, 34% owned. The Chargers are hot right now, and the Browns are coming to town. Green Bay versus Tampa Bay, 31% owned. Uh, there's not a whole lot of defensive options this week, so if you're desperate, the Packers play better at home in general, and Tampa Bay has been prone to turnovers. So uh, worse options out there if you're hurting at defense. Is that Tampa Bay assuming that they don't get Winston back? I don't really think it matters. Winston's seen his share of struggles. Uh, and, uh, I mean, Fitzpatrick has been okay, I guess, but uh, certainly don't love him. Okay, that's fair. I just thought I'd bring it up. All right. You want to run us through some quarterback injuries here? Oh, man, I get to do the injuries. Aaron Rodgers' collarbone could return week 15. If you have space, take a, take a shot. You know, he could win you your championship game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, ankle sprain. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast. It's minor. He should still play. Um, so just monitor that. Uh, Winston, we just talked about him. Shoulder sprain. He's questionable. Uh, Cutler, Jay Cutler. He has a concussion. He's also questionable for this week. Uh, monitor his status if you really need him to play. Uh, CJ Beathard, knee injury, probably out. Um, don't waste your time. <laughs> Paxton Lynch, ankle injury. He's out for this week, and I believe they ruled him out two to four weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, possibly. If that was updated, I didn't see that yet, but I will take your word for that. I'm pretty sure it's two to four weeks. All right. Well, you weren't starting him anyway in fantasy, yeah. so probably somewhat irrelevant uh, outside of two quarterback leagues, that is. Um, at running back, we've got Damian Williams with that shoulder dislocation. He's out probably at, at least this week, possibly two to three weeks. Uh, Doug Martin with a concussion. He'll be questionable, certainly something to monitor and practice this week. Devontae Freeman also had that concussion from a few weeks back now. Um, he'll, he's questionable for this week, uh, but he is pos it is possible that he'll return. It's been quite some time. Uh, Ty Montgomery with the ribs, uh, really uh, anyone's guess, uh, questionable for this week. Again, these are guys where you want to monitor that practice participation throughout the week. Aaron Jones with that MCL sprain uh, happened a few weeks ago, likely out again this week, uh, potentially back next week, but we'll see. And then David Johnson with that risk, uh, wrist injury. Uh, he's week to week, but likely out for at least this week. And it sounds like Bruce Arians is fairly pessimistic that he'll return this this season so we'll see about that uh wide receivers we have amari cooper he was concussed he's questionable for this week we know how this stuff works sometimes they'll play sometimes they won't so monitor it uh robert woods shoulder he's out for this week he can possibly return in week 14 so don't drop him yet sterling shepherd migraines he's questionable for this week monitor that one uh chris hogan he's been out for a while uh questionable for this week so monitor it he he typically gets touchdowns. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster 
Hamstring injury. He's questionable for this week. A must play if he plays. Uh, Rashad Matthews, hamstring. He's questionable for this week. Calvin Benjamin, torn men- meniscus week to week. I think it's safe to say he he probably won't be back before the fantasy playoffs. I don't know if Mung's going to disagree with me or not. Um, really not sure here, but probably out at least this week, I would think. Even if you get that thing cleaned up and not repaired, it's still a, a several week injury. Yeah, and even if he is back, he's probably limited and he wasn't doing a ton anyway. Right. He might be a safe drop. Uh, Will Fuller, uh, ribs, he's week to week. Um, even when he's playing with this quarterback, it might not be worth it. Uh, Alan Hearns, ankle, likely out multiple weeks. Uh, Mike Williams, knee, likely out this week, uh, but you weren't probably going to start him anyway. Uh, John Brown, we talked about him a little bit. He has a toe sprain. He's week to week. Yep, and then at tight end, we've got Greg Olson. In his first game back, he had some soreness in that foot. Uh, Sounds like it's a normal thing in his return. Uh, He's he's questionable but likely to play this week, but he may see some limited snaps uh, even if he is active. And we got Jordan Reed with that hamstring injury. Uh, he's questionable, but Washington sounds optimistic, and he did have another 10 days uh, with them playing on Thursday last week. So hopefully he'll be back. Kobe Fleener with that concussion. Uh, he's questionable, but again, he's a guy you probably weren't starting in fantasy. And then same with Vance McDonald with that ankle injury. He's week to week still questionable for this week. Um, would give a slight boost to Jesse James if he were to miss more time. And then in terms of the waiver wire ads at quarterback, uh, we've got Tyrod Taylor, 49% owned. Um, He's at home against the Patriots this week, then at home against Indy, then at home against Miami, and then on the road to New England again in the fantasy playoffs weeks 13 through 16 here. Uh, Really good matchups next four weeks. uh, Worth adding if uh, he was dropped after the whole Nathan Peterman debacle here. We got Case Keenum, 46% owned. Uh, he's at Carolina th- this week, then home against Cincinnati. And then, at, or excuse me, he's at Carolina next week, home versus Cincinnati in week 15, and at Green Bay in week 16 for the playoffs. Um, Carolina and Green Bay secondaries are very beatable. And then the Bengals, uh, they're not a pushover, but they're not super scary either playing uh, in Minnesota. And then Aaron Rodgers, you mentioned, uh, 59% owned. We'll keep listing him on here. He can return week 15 at the earliest, and he'll be a top three fantasy quarterback whenever he's active. All right, going over running backs, Jamal Williams, 58% owned. I'm actually shocked that he's that percentage isn't higher. Uh, but he looked pretty legit, and uh, Green Bay is probably still going to rely on him uh, as long as Hundley is still struggling. Uh, Kenyon Drake, 56% owned. Uh, Damien Williams is out uh, for a few weeks here, so he'll, he's going to be a volume-dependent running back, too, in PPR. Uh, Rex Burkhead, 51%. I'm actually shocked about that number as well. Um, since he's been back, he's he's really eaten into James White's production, and uh, I think that's going to continue. Uh, Danny Woodhead, 53% owned. He had five catches on 13 snaps last week. Um, or his first week back. Um, I don't know how he's doing he's right now. He's been doing pretty well tonight as well. Okay. He's been doing pretty well. Uh, probably pick him up if you're in that 47%. You know, I wish I played in that league. Um, Peyton Barber, 1% own. If uh, Doug Martin does not play, he can have some flex value. Uh, so we'll see with him. Rod Smith, 12% owned. Um, he has, he's a weekly PBR flex upside. Um, 
not much more to say there. Uh, JD McKissick, 31%. Uh, same as Smith. Uh, he's in a committee, but he has some PPR flex upside. Yep, and at wide receiver, we've got Josh Doxson, 43% owned. Uh, he's been making some big catches as he slowly builds that chemistry with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'd like to think that blow-up game is coming. Uh, same story with Corey Davis, 50% owned. I know he's been disappointing, but the upside is still there to take over that number one receiver job in Tennessee, especially with Rashard Matthews hurt with that hamstring. Uh, Cooper Cup, 59% owned with Robert Woods out with that shoulder injury. Cup saw a major increase in targets. And especially for this week, too, Sammy Watkins should see uh, a lot of tough coverage from Patrick Peterson. So I would think Cup is going to continue to be a volume guy. Paul Richardson, we mentioned, 62% owned. Uh, he's kind of cemented that number two receiver job in Seattle behind Baldwin. And there should be some more shootouts coming with the Seahawks defense really struggling right now with injuries. Mike Wallace, 39% owned. Uh, that Baltimore offense is opening up a little bit more with that offensive line playing better and with Woodhead back. Uh, he's been a little quiet tonight, but still the number two guy right now behind Macklin um, has some flex value. D.D. Westbrook at 25%. Um, he's quickly emerging as that number two target behind Marquise Lee, especially with Alan Hearns out. And he does get Houston and San Francisco in weeks 15 and 16, two bad secondaries that can be exploited. Zay Jones at 14%. Uh, last three games, he's seen seven targets, seven targets, and ten targets. Uh, with Kelvin Benjamin week to week with that torn meniscus, uh, Jones another possible volume play at wide receiver. And then finally, if you're desperate, Dontrell Inman, 9% owned. Uh, he's the number one receiver in Chicago. Um, even if that offense has been struggling, uh, he's going to see a lot of targets if you're super desperate for wide receiver help, especially in deeper leagues. We've got Jordan Reed at tight end, 63% uh, owned. Uh, when he's healthy, he's been a top target for Cousins. Uh, there's very few tight ends with a higher ceiling week to week when healthy. And then our super producer Dan's favorite guy, Charles Clay, 59% uh, owned. Same as Tyrod Taylor. He's got some great matchups for the rest of the season, and he should see uh, he should continue to see that target volume. So who would you rather play, Charles Clay or Charles Clay? <laughs> Uh, I think it would be Charles Clay. Well, that about wraps it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, really, hopefully, uh, you know, if you're in a tight playoff race, so you've got one game to consolidate that position, uh, whether it's four teams, six teams, however many teams that make the playoffs in your league. Good luck in the last week of the regular season. Uh, next week's show is going to be exciting. Uh, lots on the line as we move into the fantasy playoffs for many leagues. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, you're, you're in good position to make the playoffs, but just a quick note, if you haven't uh, been doing well, or if you're definitely out of playoffs, uh, you know, you don't have to be super involved still, but at least bother to set a lineup, you know, be fair to the other owners in your league. Uh, don't screw over somebody just cause you're not, you know, starting anybody, uh, who's hurt. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, you can always find us. On Twitter, if you have more specific questions, I'm at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Uh, you can find Los at FFA underscore Los. And our super producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan. Uh, yeah, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the good stuff on all the good podcast formats, uh, platforms, what, I, what have you. 
And as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Let's go.